Man, I might have to go take a piss during the middle of this podcast. All right. Well, that's how we started the recording. So, good morning, gentlemen. We're recording early in the day. Um, <laughs> Hello. How you doing, Gilbert? I'm doing uh, great. I got some coffee. I'm ready to go. You're ready to rock? Yeah. All right. So, this is, uh, is going to be an interesting episode. Um, we will have a playlist for this episode. We're just not going to read through the episode. I mean, read through the playlist. Uh, but we decided to talk about artists that left their band and built a better career or, you know, a, a breakup of a band and, and they developed better careers after that. So what we did was we each took five different artists. I, I know Eric kind of took a little different route, but it's okay. It's okay. No, no, it's just, you know, not necessarily a better career, you know, just they were able to establish something on their own as well. All right. right? Outside yeah. the band. Yeah, it was that right. The, the, they made a move outside the band. And, you know, whether they had one hit song or, or they developed a huge career after that. Um, but it's just the, the root of the episode is people left the group that they were with and went off on their own and, and established something else. Um, so we each took five. Um, Gilbert, you want to start off with your five since they're fresh on your mind? <laughs> <laughs> I took notes, guys. And by taking notes, I mean, I wrote the names down. Um, <laughs> I hope you know what band they came from, too. Though. Yes, I did. Gilbert's um, going off the top, off the top of the dome. And, and spitting. But anyway, here we go. So, um... My first one was Gwen Stefani, right. uh, obviously from No Doubt. And then um, I went with Dr. Dre uh, from NWA. And I went with Belinda Carlisle from The Go-Go's. Solid. Bobby Brown from New Edition. And um, a little known artist called Michael Jackson from The Jackson 5. Hold on. Did you just kill Bobby Brown, Eric? No, his son. His oh, son? His son died. Yeah, oh, yeah. His son passed away, but I thought... Yo, but... that guy's had a hard life, man. All his family is dying. Yeah, know, man. Yeah, his, the, the daughter, his son, his yeah. ex-wife. Who would have thought Bobby Brown would have been the survivor of that clan, bro? Like, everybody pegged him as the, the, the messed up one. Yeah. He's yeah. probably the only foundation in that family, dude. Yeah. So, Respect to you, Bobby Brown. Now, Gilbert, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a penalty flag on one of your choices. Oh, here we go. Well, did Dr. Dre leave NWA or Ice Cube left NWA first? Well, he did, but Dr. Dre also left NWA. Right. And didn't Dr. Dre leave that other disco band that he was part of too? Before NWA, yeah, Before Gilbert, NWA, you should have, you should have done your boom. <laughs> All right, you're Eric, still good, Gilbert. Yeah, you're Damn, good. Carlos, you're calling shit out? Yeah. I might get fucked here too, man. Damn. Way, way, to, way to piss on my Cheerios. No, no, oh, Eric, because you told me beforehand. You told me beforehand. Uh, all right, what are your five, brother? All right, mine are Pete Townsend from The Who, Frida, born Annie Fried Lingstad from ABBA. Bless Lita you. Ford, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Lita Ford from The Runaways. Peter Gabriel from Genesis and Kim Deal from the Pixies. That was, that was the Kim Deal was a good. That, that's, I know. Yeah. that's a fun one. And and I'll explain later why I added them onto the list. All right. So I 
I'm not going to say I cheated because we're going to talk about other groups <laughs> and so forth. But that's like me starting a sentence with, I'm going to tell you the truth <laughs> or not going to lie. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, Peter Cetera, Chicago, nice. uh, Lionel Richie, the Commodores, George Michael and wham, wham, um, Bjork. You went sugar cubes, you son of a bitch. I was going to oh, add good. that one. Yeah. That's, that's good. nice. Um, and then. So I'll keep it to five, and then I'll talk about my other ones later, and then Busta Rhymes, which was probably the most interesting one of the breakup stories that I have. Because after I dug deep, I was like, holy shit, that's how it went down. But all right. So um, I, we'll just have a discussion. We'll talk about the ones that we picked. But uh, initially, the original five is more than likely what the playlist will be. Or some of those artists. That way, you guys get an idea of what their solo. If not, it's not like you guys don't know. But uh, I'm sure the only pro the one you probably wouldn't know is uh, the ABBA one that yeah, Eric would go over. And and just so you understand, sometimes these lists are self serving, and it's it's yes because we like the artist and the song, but we also feel that they didn't get enough exposure or would like to like a new audience to listen to that. Right. You know, yeah, I know, absolutely. I know, I, at least I'm speaking for myself that sometimes when I, I, I pick, I pick a song or a person, it's, it's a little selfish because I love them and I want the world to love them too. So, yeah. That's, no. why I, that's why I picked Michael Jackson. Not a lot of people heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> you hey, know, was huge, bro. But it, it, <laughs> it's good that you take a break from like all the major artists that you pick like Martika and Maxwell. Oh, I, I have Martika here. I mean, we could throw it down. You want to start with her? Well, no, we, we forgot to address something. Uh, this is the first episode after we hit 200 or 2K um, plays on, on, on our podcast. So it's, uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Um, we're only 16 episodes in. This will be our 17th. And to have uh, over 2,000 plays um, is really humbling and, and uh, exciting for us. It may not be not be much for guys like Joe Rogan, but for us it means a lot. So hold on. Oh. Hold on, bro. I got some celebratory items then for 2000. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> hold on, one more, one more, one more. One more. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, not 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 to be outdone. If we're gonna celebrate, give me uh, one second. Carlos, ever the one upper, bro. You <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I've had those. I've had those for forever. So that started off as a joke. Um, I was in Puerto Rico, and we were in this place called Bocaron, and it's kind of like a grove. It has this like cool grove, bohemian vibe. Everybody just drinks, and it's super awesome. And we went into a store and I bought a bunch of these. So, oh, look, 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 look. Oh, we got no sound. Oh, I didn't pick up the sound. Oh, well, we so, so I, I bought a bunch of these and then just started popping them in people's, not in people's faces, because that sounds fucked up. And having a good time and everybody's looking at me like, look at the crazy guy just popping fireworks on a Tuesday in Bocaron. It wasn't a Tuesday. It was probably a Friday, but. Yeah, so I've had those a uh, friend bought them for me, and they've been sitting there forever. Ooh, it's still smoking. Gunpowder, <sighs> <laughs> bro. All right. So, well, it's funny because I I caught the tail end of what you were saying. I have 
two boxes of those things. Why? And I, because I bought them two years ago for Olivia. They've been there. <laughs> They're just fun, right? The, yeah. the, uh, you know which ones I want to get? I want to get the big ones that it's like a rod. Yes. And it's like, whew, I've I, seen I that. Do that one. All right, Gilbert, your turn. Uh, jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, who wants to go first? Who uh, who wants to talk about their artists and why they broke up? And I'll start it off because yeah. I'm, the, I'm the the quick one here, so <laughs> I tend to to rush through things sometimes. Mm. Um, I started off with Pete Townsend. Um, he left the Who. It was back in like 1978, and I'm sorry, in 1983. So what happened with, with him, he just got tired. A, a lot of these people get tired and, and things change, but it all started with the death of Keith Moon, their, their drummer in 1978, you know, and after that, it was just, it was just rough for him. And, you know, in 1983, he decided to leave. And it wasn't until I think 87, when this song came out that, you know, there was that big hit, let my love open the door, which I added this to the list. Cause I, it's just that, 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 that song you always hear in movie soundtracks, the, when great things are happening and yeah so i added that guy there cool i <clears throat> so i guess we, we could go around the horn um i'm gonna go with this one it's short but it's probably the only one that's kind of happy uh with the ones that i wrote just because most of them you know they were tumultuous or yeah. so when george michael left wham um it was a peaceful breakup. It, it was, you know, that there wasn't any animosity. They've uh, him and um, and Andrew Ridgely, they were friends since they were kids. They went to school together, and the reality was George Michael. He didn't want to do any more, you know, like teen pop. Uh, what he was, he wanted to, you know, uh, do more, uh, you know, adult contemporary or adult adult sounding uh, music, uh, but. In the research of the breakup, what I found out is their first band, Andrew Ridgely and George Michael, was originally a ska band. Nice. Yeah, called uh, the Executive. It was it was George Michael, Andrew Ridgely, and um, maybe I should have wrote down the other friend's name, but uh, and another friend, and that's that's actually the first band that they had was a ska band. But there was no animosity towards each other, or you know, towards both gentlemen. They just they just parted ways. Yeah, I think they just got tired of wearing neon and pink glow. <laughs> does anybody really get? Does it? You know those those crop tops get really uncomfortable. I mean, <laughs> you're always adjusting a shoulder. It's like, so rough. Headbands, you know. All right, Gilbert, it's your turn. Uh, so, yes, yeah. So mine first was Gwen Stefani uh, from the group No Doubt. Um, and, um, you know, just uh, doing this amazing research that I did right now. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have to be so in-depth. No, no. Carlos is a music nerd, man. He's going to go deeper than all of us. So it's like, all right, man, we're not going to we're not going to compete on the same level. So let's just. No, just so, we're not competing. We're not competing. <laughs> It's always a competition. So the the, the band took a hiatus from 2004 to 2008, and it was basically um, to do for Gwen to do the her solo project. So it, the the band never really officially broke up, and I I, I still think they're not really technically broken up. They've taken kind of hiatuses back and forth, um, and um, 
And I, I mean, it, it, this is kind of a running theme because you get you get you'll get the same thing with Michael Jackson's like everybody kind of witnessed the star that Gwen was and, you know, leave it up to the record labels and be like, all right, let's put out something. And so they did it, decided to do those solar projects with uh, with Gwen. Cool. It, you know, it's funny, wait, like bringing up Gwen Stefani, I'm surprised none of us added, especially you, Blink-182. Yeah, you know, uh, like yeah, man, oh yeah, know, yeah. the long love, like that was a good opportunity there, especially like they kind of were that same era and went that same route. Well, no, they broke up, right? Blink one eighty two. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's. I mean, I, they, that could be. I mean, we could talk about. It. I don't know if we want to talk about it now, but that that was definitely an honorable mention. And and I, I, you know, since to me, I kind of picked um, uh, artists that, that were probably bigger or as big, you know. And I don't think you know, Angels and Airwaves or um boxcar racer wherever as big as as blink was you know what i mean so but yeah well, i mean well you know who benefited from the no doubt hiatus was the bass player i mean how many songs of him getting dumped or being a piece of seriously shit man. could he take you know like <laughs> yeah but that's right. what i'm saying so Peak Peak yeah well not, not uh not not i don't know what she is now man but you every know decorative. every fucking video you gotta film it yeah, I don't. But she still looks. Sexist? She still. She's like. I mean, she's pushing she looks fifty. Like a doll, dude. But she's like, nah. She still looks great, man. Yeah. Nah, it's just you know showmanship makeup. There's preferences. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you go on tour. Every album you put out is this girl bashing the shit out of you. I'm yeah. sure. He, I'm sure he's okay. I'm sure now. Yeah, no, take all your time. And dealing with her getting the recognition. Right? It's it's like she's the one that's recognized from the band. I, I'm sure they felt that from the beginning, because originally, originally the singer on the band was her brother, right before mm -hmm. her, and then so I'm sure you bring a girl like that, right? I, immediately, you know, okay, you know, sh she's talented. She could definitely sing. I'm here too. You know? I would totally have a problem with that. I'd be like, damn man. No, and they, they, they got their shit. And they, they, they kind of played it up to it too, cause like even the remember the ex girlfriend video, um, yeah. he's he's like the you know like the bad guy yeah. in, the, in the video and yeah, yeah but uh, Eric, I'm sure financially they're okay enough where they could deal with the fact no, that I'm just it, you know it just depends what your motivation is right as a as as a band member you know? yeah you well I think he's money and stuff but sometimes you want that fame and stuff and and stuff like he's saying and stuff and, and stuff. And, yeah, and she's getting like all the props when it was perhaps a collaborative e effort, you know, and especially what you mentioned earlier that that the band's existence is because of that breakup. Mm -hmm. Well, I think he, I think There's he had two mentioned sides it to a breakup. Yeah, I think he had mentioned it in articles like when he when 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 they started performing some of these songs like Don't Speak and all that stuff. He's like, fuck, man, like this is, you know, this is about me. <laughs> like, <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and in the video, she gets like right up on his face, and you're like, "All right, yeah, man. yeah, yeah." Gwen, this is enough, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> and it it's, it it gives you that vibe, you know, like when you break up with a girl, and all of a sudden, she just gets hotter, and it's like, "Fuck, man!" Like, I don't want to see you happy. I'm sorry. I don't like you. You're, like you're hoping she gets fat and shit. No, you know? and then she fucking marries Gavin Rosdale. I know. Fucking hunk, dude. It's like. Oh, fuck you, Gavin. Well, but maybe, <laughs> maybe if they ever get, if the band ever gets back together, those songs will be about Gavin Rosdale now. True. Yeah, because she's with uh, the country dude. All right. So it's nice to see her happy. 
<laughs> After you bash her, you <laughs> she looks like she, she I don't know, man. She she could be complicated, dude. She has that that I'm a complicated girl vibe. Very hard to see. Or she's a, a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> are we um are we talking about like uh are we going back and talking about some of the accomplishments, I guess, or uh, yeah, I mean, we're, if, whatever well, you want, whatever you want, man. Open well, I mean, I, I mean, we obviously saw like how big, how how huge she was. Um, uh, but you know, I can't help but but also mention like I don't know, I don't know if you remember when she was kind of like, in a sense, um, uh, you know, they were saying that she was doing you know co cultural appropriation with the with the Asian, um, the culture and stuff like that. Yeah, like the Japanese her stuff. makeup line and all that and shit. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Takashita Street Girls or whatever they're called. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so there was like that little part about it. But I mean, she was, you know, she but was huge as a solo artist. Watch anime at that time, man. You know, sometimes, <laughs> we, we, sometimes like, you know, yeah. people push things too far, and perhaps they're reading too much into things. Man. Well, yeah. Gilbert, hey, you got, when you got to realize when that happened, it was before all this cancel culture bullshit started. So oh, for sure. So that that's that's what I don't like about it is they're reaching back several years just to target their new, you know, their new mark and say, oh, but this person did this, but who cares? Like, it, it was, it, it wasn't insulting. It was, she was just paying respect to something that she liked. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't, she wasn't trying to be Asian. You know, right. it was that she just enjoyed the culture. The Harajuku, Harajuku, which is the area that it's from. I actually went on that street. It's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah? Yeah, it's pretty cool. But... All right. So Eric, what's your next? What's the next oh, one? All right. This is this is my favorite one, and and fuck you guys. Oh wait, wait no, Carlos, you didn't go. To, you yeah, didn't go to the did. first one, did? No, Eric went first, so I oh, go okay. after Eric. Um, it was uh, Frida who Annie Fried Linkstad. Bless you to say thank you. Kazunte. <laughs> she was in ABBA. She she had a song in 1983. Um, it's called I Know There's Something Going On. It, it's just a very 80s song, keyboards. You, you watch the video. Um, but I, I chose this one. It's a two-part choice. Um, they, they, they broke up. I think it was when the couple started getting, you know, they just weren't getting along anymore. You know, you're with a band. I, I think that's the same story across all this. And first, uh, the other girl actually got a divorce, and then Frida's marriage fell apart. So she was, she was the one that was, she really liked the touring. She designed the costumes for them. And in 80, 83 was when she got together with Phil Collins, another person nice. that came from another band and made that, uh, I know there's something going on album. And it was a hit, 82, I'm sorry, it was 1982. And she later became a princess. So she lived a happily ever after kind of life but it's a great <laughs> song if you haven't heard it just just give it a shot you know and i just want to give props to abba i don't think it's a it's a band we'll probably ever play on this this uh on this show you look even carlos is not even man you can't i i I, I i don't know, know enough about abba this is your your but that's why we learn you know like i'm sure half i only know that had on here you didn't know what's the the only one the dancing queen is the only dancing one dancing queen you have fernando no, I know that one too. Uh, the gimme, gimme, uh, gimme, 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 I think, or something like that. Like, it's the, um, it's the same song that, that, um, that Madonna sampled for Hung Up. Mm -hmm. No? Okay. Nope. That's all you meant. On to the next. <laughs> so, mm. yep. Yeah, so, Abba. I mean, props. there's no denying there. I mean, obviously, 
they were a massive band. They were huge. I mean, yeah. look what Ace of Base tried to do. You know, they tried to copy their style. Yeah. But there's only one album. <laughs> All right. So, um, I get this was the one. I this one was one of the more interesting ones to me because I actually didn't know this story. Um, so when leaders of a new school broke up, it was actually on live TV. It was it during was on, it was on, on TV racks, right? Yeah, thank you, Gilbert. Sorry, yeah. brought him into. <laughs> but you know, was, see, that's why you don't underestimate Gilbert's power. He pulled that from his head. Yeah, you so had to dig deep. It was so it was in an episode of UMTV Raps. They were talking to Fab Five Freddy, and they were so they were each doing their little intro. You know, it's like, hey, I'm Buster Rhymes, I'm C Brown, I'm Milo, Dinko D, and then <laughs> so when they were going around introducing themselves, they got to Charlie Brown, and he pretty much said, He's you know, I'm no, I no, he pretty much he pretty much said, you know, I'm just here doing my own thing. He's pretty much telling the band that I don't want to be part of the band. Is Charlie Brown Busta Rhymes? No. No. Oh, okay. All right. No, th this is the reason All why right. the band broke up. This All is right. how Busta Rhymes ended up solo. So on air, the guy pretty much says, you know, I'm going to pursue my own deal. Him and Busta Rhymes never got along because um, they were the, kind of like the two bigger personalities of the, of the, of the group. So it's funny when he mentions that, yeah, I'm just here. I'm just want to do my own thing. The Fab Five Freddy's holding the microphone and you look at the other band members kind of like looking at themselves like, what the fuck did he just say? And then Buster Rhymes said, hey, stop recording. Obviously, they keep recording. And you see them like step to the side and like surround them. He's like, yeah, no, I don't want to be with the band anymore. So like it all played out. I actually have the link. I'll, I'll maybe I'll, I'll post it up or I'll post up the video. So at that time, was would you consider was Busta Rhymes and Charlie Brown were they like the two leads of the band? You said that they were. The yeah, they were kind of. Yeah, they were kind of the two. The two, uh, uh, I guess. Yeah, the two more popular guys in the group, and there were the two, you know, most boisterous ones in the group. So, um, you know, but hey, Charlie Brown, when keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but did, did, did Charlie Brown ever get big? No, <laughs> no, no, no. But but a lot of the animosity was because Busta Rhymes kept on getting guest spots for other hey, rappers. Again, and, like that's that's like how we were talking about Gwen Stefani and and Michael Jackson. Like you knew Busta was the star of yeah of leaders. Yeah, and then so so yeah, it was caught on air during a, an episode of UMTV Raps. So I'll, I'll I'll post a video on the Instagram just so people could watch it. But uh, yeah, it was it was really interesting. Like it, it was, you know, you see them all happy in the video, and you you see um, Charlie Brown kind of like you know with his head down and looking so like like if he had planned to start all this shit during the interview, you know, like and then uh, and to watch it all play out, you know, thank God reporters are reporters, and you know they'll tell you, yeah, yeah, stop recording, keep rolling. You know, and then that's kind of what happened. <laughs> and then they kept on catching the uh, the event. So it as was an all unfold. caught on and broadcast, or was it yeah. during the scenes? No, the episode aired. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I thought that was a really interesting one. Damn, how dramatic! Like that's kind of a shit move by Charlie Brown. Like, yeah, man, dude. shit in public. You know, talk things out in the background. Yeah, but that that's how it ended up playing out. Damn. So none of the other uh, none of the other players got big or anything like that. It was just pretty much Busta Rhymes. 
Just Busta. Yes. All right. Shit, man. Bust up, Charlie Brown. All right, Tag, you're it, Gilbert. All right, so my next one is uh, Dr. Dre MD. Uh, uh, <laughs> and um, obviously, um, uh, you know, as you guys pointed out, he used to be in the Wrecking Crew <laughs> before joining uh, NWA. So and, how, did, uh, how did the, the Wrecking Crew break class, up? The world, world class, class Wrecking Crew. Yeah, you're right. World class Wrecking Crew. Um, I, I don't know. I think I, I think the, the the glitter pants were a little too much. <laughs> Who knows? But um, but anyway, so more famously, he's from uh, from NWA. And, um, you know, um, you know, obviously he was a producer, um, arguably had, was the rapper on their biggest hit, which was Express Yourself, uh, which at the time, he, you know, he wasn't, never really been a rapper. He's always had people write for him and, and um, you know, he's definitely more known as a producer. Um, and, you know, the reason he left was, was the same reason um, Cube left was for, for money reasons. Um, you know, uh, Jerry Heller and Eazy E were the owner, you know, were, were Ruthless Records. And, you know, I, I, I forget the exact amount, but I remember one time, like, you know, when Cube left, I think they ended up getting like a flat fee for like 20 grand or something like that for like recording, touring, doing the whole nine. And they're, and they're like, okay, we're getting screwed here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at, the, they were on tour and they cut them a check for like, I, I forgot what it is, 20 grand or something ridiculous, you know, nowhere near what the value was right. of what they're doing, especially for at the time where Cube, when he was the, he was, you know, the main writer too. So like he wrote all of Easy e stuff, all of Dre stuff. So yeah. um, not only was he, you know, performer, but he was also like a lot of the writing. Um, and um, they also and, have a documentary that kind of goes, or a movie that kind of deals with that too. I don't know if you've ever the, seen CB4. <laughs> pretty much tells the story of nwa yes um and then you know we all you know i'm sure know a little bit about how how that breakup was with uh with trey and nwa and easy particular was you know he aligned with him, himself with should knight and should basically forced easy to sign Dre over <laughs> and they they went and started aftermath. So crazy. <laughs> that guy's so ruthless. Wait, that guy, man. Wow. The funny the funniest thing I I mean I, I think is um the the whole story about when when um uh there was a uh, a rapper that helped helped so yeah helped vanilla yeah. ice with the song Ice Ice Baby and that oh. they hung vanilla ice out of a balcony by his feet to, to mm. sign over the publishing like that's amazing man. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Doctor Dre though how how sonically he rapped different on NWA, like the way he sounds back then to the way he sounds now. Have you ever noticed how different he sounds? He's like so crisp. And I guess that that has to do with aging. And no, well, also express yourself. He sounds completely different than what he sounds like in, in his later albums. Yeah. And well, I mean, it's also the, just the time, the, a, the time of, of, of the music was a little bit more aggressive sounding, you know what I mean? So it's not, you're not going to be singing, you know, like rapping hard to, you know, right. ain't nothing but a G thing, which is like more smoothed out, you know? So you got to kind of like, so it's like me when I try to do my voice. Yes. Fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. motherfucker. Who take this forever? Yeah. Yeah. But even, I mean, but to your point, Gilbert, even the style of the music changes. Yeah. So the way you flow is different. The way you know, and then clearly there were kids. His voice changed too because <clears throat> he'd always had a deep voice, but the way he sounds now, right? You add another two hundred pounds of, you know, Dr. Dre because he's a monster now. <laughs> you know, it's gonna change. Yeah, and then you know, obviously he, he you know, he's probably, um, you know, arguably probably the greatest 
hip hop producer of all time, you know, and definitely the richest entrepreneur. Yeah. 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 Definitely the richest. What was that show that that HBO did, man, when you just see the things he did with Jimmy Iveen? Oh, the uh, the document, yeah, that four part. Uh, um, Holy shit! Oh my god, I forgot Dre what the name of it. Beats by Dre. Oh, yeah, the Beats by Dre. That yeah. Like, damn, Dre, you're a genius. Yeah, he made he made a he made a dollar. I, I, I thought he's I thought, comfortable. Yeah, I thought that I thought that was cool too. That he he mentioned in the um in the doc in the documentary that that he you know he didn't want to have a sneaker collection or a sneaker collection. He, he wasn't about that. Like he loved music, so for him the, the what made most sense was to start a headphone or, or you know something like that so i thought that was pretty cool yeah yeah and then i mean well i mean you gotta realize look look at um uh you know just a maybe what 15 15 years ago 15 20 years ago um you know the two home runs he hit with eminem and 50 oh my god you know that's that i mean that kind of spring i mean so you go you go through this whole period of you know kind of being under the radar and then you release the chronic mm -hmm. so you know that elevates you and then a few years later you discover eminem and then you know you bring along 50 then all of a sudden you know dr Dre yeah. becomes a legend so um real quick defiant ones is the defiant ones is the uh the doc on, on hbo but um but yeah i mean and and people forget that that um when he left death row to start aftermath you know the first thing he had was was the firm which was a uh, well i think he had released something before but then he reached the firm which you know at the time was like a super group with az nas foxy um and um and nature and it flopped the, the album yeah. flopped and people were kind of doubting him and then he discovered eminem and then that you know that changed everything you know? and he signed away everything when he left aftermath right he pretty much had to give up everything. uh when he left uh when he left uh you mean when he left uh death row when he left death row yeah, yeah he left he, he yeah he left without Sorry. anything yeah, yeah. Wow. so yeah i mean he he took a shot on his own and you know obviously it paid off you know? yeah no it, I, I, well on some of these i actually wrote what you know when they started and, and what their net worth is now and you're like you know what they made the right choice they made the right <laughs> yeah. all right eric what do you got i got lita ford formerly of the band the runaways that's a good one yeah, and I chose it because that was I, I'll never forget the first time I heard uh, "Kiss Me Deadly." Yeah, you know everybody could have gone with Joan Jett, yeah. who's just fucking amazing. But Lita Ford deserves her props. You know this song was a party song; it was a party anthem. And then later she teamed up with Ozzy and did "Close My Eyes Forever." But it was it was it was a solid album. So I just chose that. No big story. They just got tired of each other. Um, you know, by that time I think uh, what's her name, Cherry. Cherry bottle. What's yeah. her name, dude? Cherry uh, or something. Yeah. Oh man, I'm 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 not good at this. I'm not good. I, I should dig deeper and write stuff down. But anyways, their lead singer left, and then it was pretty much Joan Jett fronting the band, Lee uh, Lita Ford on lead guitar, and they just wanted to go different routes. Um, Lita wanted more of a hard rock sound, where Joan Jett wanted more of that punk, you know, kind of what she's known for today sound, and. I just wanted to give Lita Lita Ford some love. That she deserves it, I man. Had a huge crush on her in the eighties. Uh, a lot of guys did. Yeah, who did it? She had she, sex with her guitar. I used that video many times. <laughs> Cherry Curry. Cherry Curry. God damn. But uh, but no, that sounds delicious. <laughs> Speaking of curry, man, I've been on an Indian food Wait. drive for the last two weeks. Is that you? Incredible. Somebody's microphone is on me.
There you go. Can you hear me? Is that no, it was mine. Yeah, that was Gilbert. God damn it, Gilbert. But, uh, My guilty conscience always makes me take the blame. Son of a bitch. But yeah, I, I mean, think about I mean, what a legendary band that was. I mean, and they weren't together for a long time. Right. Oh, were, yeah. were they kind of like the first like all-girl rock band? You know, like they were the predecessors to the Vogos and Heart Like Men, too. Yeah, I guess during that era, yeah, they were the... I mean, I'm sure there were some, you know, underground New York bands, like, but they were the first, I, I guess, ones that were big. And they went through some shit, man. Um, you know, they were taken advantage of and sexualized, and just crazy shit, you know, in the mm. 70s that they had to put up. So, you know, you hear you hear them talk today, and I mean, Joan Jett is just straight up badass, you know, like she she's tough, you know, Lita Ford. So how much, how thick their skin got through all those years of, God knows what kind of harassment, especially in that scene, you know, I, as, as I was looking into this, um, you know, Joan Jett's there, that she would come off stage, spit on, you know, like that, that the audience was spitting on her because they didn't understand what the fuck, you know, they're coming to see this big band and, and, and she would just start crying and lose her shit. So, you know, that's why Joan Jett's as hard as she is, man. She just went through some shit dude, yeah. and, and they survived it and they came out amazing. So, yeah. Much love to to Joan Jen and Lita Ford, man. Yeah, and that, um, I I was lucky enough to see them um, two years ago. No shit. Which yeah, that's awesome. Huh? Which Cherry Carey? No, 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 Joan Jet. I'm sorry, okay. just Joan Jet. But uh, it's she's still a rock star. Like it's funny because you see her in person, she looks fragile. You know, she's she's little. Yeah, she's tiny, and you know she's you know old, but when older. She's on that stage, but yeah, she's she's she's, she's a kid. Yeah, that she still tears it up. I got to see her at a Lollapalooza, I think it was, man, and and she owns a fucking stage. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, she's she's a rock star for sure. All right, not Lollapalooza, um, Warped Tour. Warped Tour. Mm. All right, so I'm gonna go Lionel Richie. Nice, Lionel Richie. Hello. <laughs> is it somebody's mic is making weird noises i i i'm 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 animated here i wow i'm even stuttering i just had a lot of coffee so i might be a little bit jittery and i'm hitting shit <laughs> um no no it's it's like a shh sound okay then it's fucking gilbert fuck that guy <laughs> <laughs> all right so famously lionel richie from the commodores uh this was kind of a Another one of those stories where he got bigger than the group, and you know there was animosity. Within um, the group, Lionel Richie blew, had already blown up. Well, be, because of once, twice, three times a lady, when they did that song, he became the, you know, because he's he's the front man singing, cool, and I that know song, that. yeah. So then immediately after that, he writes. Um, um, I forget who he writes the song for, but. Um, then he does the endless love with Diana Ross, you know, so, and then all, all these other artists ask him to write songs or make appearances. And then he would just keep on blowing off the Commodore and said, yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back. And he never came back. And then, so, well, he ghosted, a band. He ghosted his band and then so he was dancing on the ceiling. Yeah. Must have been a feeling, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so well, I think, Carlos, too. I think didn't he? Did it? I think I, I remember re reading once that didn't they say that I think he wanted to do more like ballads, like one one 
uh, like three times a lady and then the band wanted to do more funk like what they were known for kind of deal no that so that so when that that was the, the, well i'll tell you why no that's <laughs> that was just aggr- as course, aggressive <laughs> that was almost fucking tone look.com that was almost as aggressive as gilbert's goodbye last week last uh, episode <laughs> no but um so when they would interview Lionel Richie, that's what he would say. That no, he goes, I wanted to go in one direction. He literally ghosted the band. Oh wow. Yeah. So um this I this actually a little respect for him, man. Yeah. Well, this this, this actually head. this was a statement that William King made when you know, one of the members was uh he cu- he always kept on saying, I'll be back. First he was coming back after working with Kenny Rogers. Then he said after I do the Diana Ross thing, I'll come back. And then he had to do his own album. During that time, they couldn't work because, you know, to um, to kind of a, to quote what William King said, he says, you know, what are the Beatles without Paul McCartney? You know, so they kept on waiting for him to come back and he wouldn't. And then the longer that he did that, they didn't tour, they didn't record. So then at that point, they just decided, you know, we're going to bring in... Um, let me see. I forgot the other gentleman's name, but they bring in his replacement, and then, you know, they they never made amends again, and even thirty years after, they still won't talk to each other, you know, because of that. They they hold you know they hold that uh, that animosity towards each other, and uh, you know, I would say I actually think they recorded their best song post. Lionel Richie, because I love Night Shift. I, I know I sent it to you the other day, but it's it was it was it was sad. It was sad that you know he he was in it for himself and and you know fell in love with his stardom. Now, is he worth two hundred and fifty million dollars? No, yeah, yeah, he is. Did he make the right <laughs> choice? Probably, but that that's that was the end of Lionel Richie and the Commodores. So far, this has been the dirtiest leaving of the band. On this on the Lionel Richie one yeah 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 wow yeah because at least you know with a lot of the other ones there was legit the uh, legitimate gripe I mean Ice Cube when he left NWA yeah he was right he's like hey I'm doing all this work you know and and easy and um uh, and what's his face are taking all the money you know where the fuck is our cut we, we're really actually NWA you know because uh easy he wasn't a rapper you know neither was Dr. Dre so I mean, yeah, this this one's this one was kind of dirty. This one was kind of dirty. I actually think that the Peter Cetera one is equally as dirty. <laughs> we'll we'll dive into that in okay. a minute. All right. All right. So now my next one is uh, Belinda Carlisle from the Go Go's, and um, this one was kind of dirty too. Um, well, so basically, her and and Charlotte Coffee broke up the band without letting the rest of the band know about it. Um, and I think they, they, they were too, like, you know, um, and Jane obviously too, but they were kind of like the, the, the creative forces behind it and they were just burnt out from doing they the were the originals. Yeah. The originals. Right? They yeah. were the original band and Jane was added later. Yeah. Like, I yeah, mean, yeah. after the breakup thing, which. Right. But, but Jane, you know, Jane was a big time, uh, songwriter f- for them too. But, but, um, um, but yeah, and it, it's just, I, I, you know, Belinda, I, I guess felt that it was, you know, it she, had run its course. Actually- no, she was actually one of the most laid back people because it, it all came down to money and what they were getting. Um, Charlotte Coffee was the writer of the song. So she was 
she was she was getting paid. Yeah. And the other band members like, what the fuck? You know, we're part of the band too. And you know, you have Belinda, who was the front person, getting a lot of the credit, and Charlotte Coffey, who was the writer of the song. So it first started with Jane, who left the band first. Yeah. She was the first one, and then kind of um, the band broke up at that point, and Belinda Carlisle and Charlotte Coffey got together and they started writing, you know, those amazing songs. Which one would you go with, by the way? I don't know. Oh, Which what one the fuck? What song mean? did you pick to put on the list? Oh, I haven't picked one yet. No, no. Oh, no. okay. Yeah, that's you know, why. The, um, so, oh my God, what's your favorite song? Uh, Heaven is a place on earth. It's Charlotte. I, I, yeah, I'm. I'm more. I'm. I've always been more. Um, I, I love Mad About You, so oh, I might. Song. I might do that one. But um, but yeah, and then obviously Belinda became one of the biggest stars um in the late '80s. Um, she won and, you know, and Playboy, and she, <laughs> she won. She was on Playboy. Yeah. How do I not know this? <laughs> was she? Am up. I getting confused? No, no, that's all good. I'll, I'll Listen, I was shocked when I found out Debbie Gibson did Playboy. Hold on, I may be confused. I, I may have. But yeah, so her and Charlotte Coffey, and then later they just they they brought in Jane Austen. I mean Jane Austen. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that just happened. So they they were. It's like you had a mini reunion. So the other girls kind of felt left out. They're like, "What the fuck, man? What's going yeah. on?" So, but. That's a good choice, man. Belinda yeah, but uh, yeah, I've always been uh, always been. Owned, what was it? 87, 89, 86, 86? I think. Oh my god. Yep. I'm going to have to do some research. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, she she won she won Grammys after, you know, post uh the Go-Go's. Um But yeah, Everyone Belinda was in love with her, man, back in yeah. the day. Yeah. Belinda Carla. And yeah, and she was the, she was just laid back, man. She was she was one of those people like, yo, man, I'm along for the ride, dude. Yeah. Oh, the, their documentary was really interesting. Yeah, like just you know, she was a good front person. Yeah, they were also partied a lot too. Yeah, I mean that when you first, I mean, you know, a lot of people didn't know that they were a punk band when they first started to begin with, and then when you see some of the debauchery and and the, the fact that that shit was filmed was and that crazy. and that is gilbert's dictionary word of the week for this <laughs> <laughs> what was it the kiwi herman show the the word of the day or something like that yeah yeah <laughs> but um but yeah man uh shout out to them they're they're gogos were amazing belinda carlisle's amazing still a fun band to listen to man you know who's also amazing eric what's Peter your band? Gabriel. Oof. super amazing powerful so i had to add and, and this is the second time i mentioned genesis of course they had you know another superstar in that band phil collins philly collins he too got tired of the band he he i i find this one kind of funny because he's just he he pretty much said like i feel like i'm becoming part of a machine of this rock star machine and you know it just doesn't feel natural so what does he do he goes on and does a solo career and becomes bigger than I think, Gen at least for me, uh, than Genesis ever was. You know, it's like, yeah, bro, I, I just don't like this kind of fame. And, you know, this just feels too work. I'm going to get big, yeah. real big. So, you know, I, I chose- um, like, like a sledgehammer. Like a sledgehammer, you know? And the, and the song I chose, he left in 1975. So that was a good I always, I always found it how interesting that what a difference Genesis was when Peter Gabriel was there than the Phil Collins, you know what I mean? Like they were, they were more experimental and progressive, just, right? yeah, progressive, right? Yeah, progressive it was like rock. the time with like progressive rock. And then, you know, when Peter, when Phil Collins took over, they were a pop band, you know what I mean? Basically, you know, so. Hey man, no. it, it's Adult styles, contemporary. It's, 
it's amazing. Like you can't take away, you know, one guy went to write Salisbury Hill, the other guy went to write the 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 song for Tarzan. You know, and it's they had success in their own oh yeah, you had that song too in the air, right? But um the song I picked was Don't Give Up and I I love that song. Love there that song. because I wanted to give Kate Bush some some props to another person that I don't know if she'll ever be on this show. Carlos, nod your head, nod your head. maybe, maybe, possibly. Kate Bush, yeah. So I love Kate Bush, and it's just a great duet. Um, it and especially for this time, if you're having a hard time, listen to it. Let's see if it makes you feel good. No, that, that that is a wonderful song. What you know, um, I just but but you know, I, I think we've mentioned it before, but Eric and I are, are big Peter Gabriel fans. I mean, there was a there was a concert that was on DVD that we've seen like a hundred times. Yeah. I remember that. And then um, he also he also has a great talent of of uh, finding um, female vocalists because, like you said, Kate Bush. And then who's the what Paula the girl Cole. that Paula Cole? Well, he, didn't, he didn't find Kate Bush. Well, no, but I'm saying oh, he, he does yeah. a good job collaborating with with voices well, that complement his. Yeah. Paula Cole was his backup singer, like yeah. his backup singer, and then she, you know, she started coming up with him. She actually performs. Um, um, come talk to me. Come talk to me on that, and and don't give up with yeah. him and on that tour. Yeah. A very very. Well, look, Phil Collins. Small world. What was the name? Secret World Live. Secret That's World Live. Was which. Yeah, if it's amazing. Now come talk to me, like huh. just bringing that up. No, oh, yeah, with the phone. Yeah, and the digging in the dirt one was was awesome too. But it, it's if uh, if you have the opportunity to find that DVD, or, or I'm sure you could find it on YouTube. It's visually, it's an incredible concert, and on top, his musicians are world class. You know, his, his musicians Literally. are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're from all over the world. Very diverse. Yeah, but uh, did, God, did I he play? Did he play? Here. Did he play Spank the Monkey in the in the concert? Spank. It's, 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 and he did. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. The monkey. Yeah. God damn it, Gilbert. Respect. Respect. But uh, but no. It, it, look, you know, it's funny because I guess we just just by mentioning Genesis, we're talking about two guys that left the band. Even though I don't think anybody picked Phil Collins, we just went. We, it, he just came up by default. But could one band have two more talented guys? I mean, they're they're both, you know, in sync. Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Oh, we're, you're gonna, I'm segueing you, bro. <laughs> I gave you the opening, brother. <laughs> All right. Now I re- so I'm gonna. Or stop. do you want to finish the list and then go back to it? No, no. I'll go. I'll go. I thought that was perfect. That yeah, was a no, great was, transition. That was good. And now we just fuck it up. I, I will. I will start off by saying, nothing of what I'm about to say about in sync is true. <laughs> These are. <laughs> This is the way that I imagine NSYNC breaking up playing out because that's how I've always felt. So I'm going to start off by saying this. From the moment NSYNC came out, there was no denying who the star of that group was. Jay-Z says it. <laughs> okay, Eric. No, it, it was Justin Timberlake. So now the only true statement I have of everything else I'm about to say is quoting Justin Timberlake. He says, I felt I liked, I'm sorry, I felt like I cared more about the music than some of the other people in the group. He added, and I felt I had other music that I wanted to make and I needed to follow my heart. Only part that's true. What I'm about to lead into 
is all it's all my fictional story of of how it played out. Okay, but hang on. Before you do that, let me let me just go. The views expressed by Carlos Ortiz do not <laughs> represent <laughs> Bipodega <laughs> and its uh, and its members. Okay, go ahead. You're good. And its overall message. And its overall. <laughs> so, because in in researching this and researching all the other, uh, you know, all the other artists, you know, the the one thing that they don't talk about is the moment that it actually happened, except maybe for the Busta Rhymes one because it happened live on TV. <laughs> so now I do make my own roundabout facts in what I'm about to say. So here we go. I'm in a band with four other guys. For the exception of J.C. Chazé, who's very respectable. He's my favorite member. Don't you, don't, don't you disrespect Joey Fatone, you oh, son a, of a bitch. Oh, oh it's going to happen. So You're going to go after Fatone? No, I'm going to... This is, again, this is, this is the way I, I see it breaking down. I'm Justin Timberlake. We're in the studio. I look around and I see what's around me. I have... Um, Chris Kirkpatrick always looks like the oldest guy in the club. <laughs> and here's my supporting fact. He's almost 50. He's 49 years old. He's by far the oldest one in the group. Damn, the, I, didn't know he, I didn't know he was that old, yeah. that much older. Yeah, the next closest one is 46. Who's that, Joey? Uh, who's 46? Or Lance Bass. No, so no, I'm sorry, I'm lying. So Chris Kirkpatrick is 49 years old. And uh, JC is the next oldest by 44. So he looked like the oldest guy in the club when the band was together. Now he really is the oldest guy in the club. Seriously. So, is this Patone? No. No, this is uh, Chris Kirkpatrick. Chris is the oldest one? Sorry, he's, I had to step away, guys. He's 49. Wow. Yeah. So... Then Lance Bass. The guy wants to go to fucking space. Awesome. It's like, he, he wants to go to space. He went to Russia. He, he thought he was going to go to Russia and they were going to let him become a cosmonaut. That's, that's a true story. A lot of people did back then. I'm, people I'm, were paid money. Hold on, let, let, me, let, me, let, okay. me, let me lead into this. So then Joey Fatone. Looks like he eats all the garlic rolls. So if I order pizza, I'm going to run out of garlic rolls because Joey Fatone's going to eat them. Here's my supporting fact. You know what he does now? He owns a hot dog stand in Orlando. Nice. So Those things are clutch at 2 in the morning when you get out of the clubs <laughs> in Orlando. Wait, he's operating a hot dog stand? Like He owns a hot dog stand. It's called... It's called Fatone's Dogs. Like, like a, one of those little like kiosks? It's, it's a like kiosk. In the mall. Yeah. And he's working it too? I, mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Has it gone that bad? They must have made a lot of money with No, hold on. I also have all their net worth. Oh. So I'm Justin Timberlake and I'm looking around and he's like, this is what I got to work with. I have a guy that looks like he owns a pizza shop. I have a guy that's almost 50. This dickhead wants to go to space. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I'm cool with JC. You know. 
because so, they had history. They were both in the Mickey Mouse Club together. Too. Right. So at one point, you're like, I got to leave this group, bro. I got to do my own shit. I'm like, this is what I'm surrounded with. So it makes perfect sense. But I've, I've backed it all up with partial reality. You know, Chris Kirkpatrick had always looked like he's the, old, too, the guy that's too old to be in the group. Like, he had cornrows, Eric, and dressed like an old raver. He did. Yeah. And, and when I looked up his age, oh, yeah, that, that's who he was. He was the old guy in the club. So this also shows how they've managed their money. I'll start off from the low, from the bottom, work my way up to Justin. I feel like we're 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 like Wendy Williams or something. Right? Yeah, it's a... <laughs> Joey Fatone, Joey Fatone's at the bottom of the list. Oh no! Damn, Joey. Even after starring in such great hit as my big fact. No, no. Let's be real. <laughs> They're wealthy. We're not. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> so but don't op- don't open up a hot dog stand. It's not that profitable. <laughs> yeah. Well, as a guy that's been in the I business for, dog. for 20 years, not a good Hot investment. Hot dogs are a great food, man. Yeah. $7 million. Nice. Yeah, well, that's the low end? Yeah. Well, th- think about how big they were. Right. But didn't they have, like, issues with their 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 manager, too? Like, right. they one of Froman. their fans? Uh, what, what I'm trying to lead to is when a celebrity sees – when when people recognize the star power of one guy in a group of five, this is, you know, you could obviously see the difference where, oh, shit, okay, you made the right choice. Chris Kirkpatrick coming in at number four with $10 million. I also don't think he's and, done much, so he's, he's just been... he's the one that works the least, right? I, 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 I'm going to get into that because I also have what their role is in the band. JC, six ten million, doing all right. All right, JC. Luckily, Lance Bass never made it to space. He has twenty two million. Hey, and he took the panga to prom. And he took the panga to prom. Now, this is when you're a star. Justin Timberlake, at thirty nine years old, is worth two hundred and fifty million dollars, and has a Jessica Biel. And a long list. And a long list. So I always thought he was the gay one of the group. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> you know, and but, I, I, again, I did think that Jay-Z Chazé was the one to make it, too. Yeah. But this is the reason I, I use them as an example. Uh, you could see how one guy supersedes the group. Um, I sent Eric a video of Justin Timberlake performing with Chris Stapleton at the Country Music Awards. And when you see him perform and the way other artists react to him, you're like, oh, well, the guy's a star. And even in the movie roles that he's had, he's great. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a good actor. It's just, there's just those people that have that it factor that is undeniable, you know. And and his voiceover work on Trolls is amazing. I like the, the one where he was like the time. But it was kind of like a, a oh yeah yeah and with then, Olivia Olivia uh, Munn right no Olivia yeah. Wilde Olivia Wilde yeah, yeah and the other girl Amanda Seyfried yeah there. yeah she's in that too but you know there's that, so you see why a lot of these breakups happen it's that's why I didn't need to research this like if I, if you look at a lineup of five guys 
Joey Fatone, yeah, for sure, owns a hot dog stand, totally. Chris Kirkpatrick, eh. <laughs> you know, um, Lance Bass, guy wants to go to space. I mean, I can't get past that. He was going to go to Russia to be a cosmonaut. And and if I'm Justin Timberlake and we're in between recording and I'm sitting down looking at this, like, this is what I got. This is my squad. I got to do something on my own. But hey, man, but they're they're back to the their 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 breakup. It was they had issues with management too, right? It was like that the guy was like kind of taking money and stuff like that. Is that all? Those boy bands were like that. Yeah, they were. I mean, he's not on my list, but. A perfect example of that too was Ricky Martin and Menudo. You know, he was, they got taken advantage of horribly and he became his own, you know, obviously he's Ricky Martin. But so this is how they're set up in the band. Justin Timberlake's the tenor. JC Chazé is the next tenor. Lance Bass is the bass. Um, Joey Fatone is the baritone. I, I never realized that. Yeah, Chris Man is amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Chris Kirkpatrick is the counter tenor. That means you're just there. He, he's that, that was made up. Well, no, this is the definition. He wasn't even the one with the dance moves either. No, even Justin. Well, I mean, Jay Z says he could dance too. Yeah, he could dance. Too. This is this is the definition of a counter tenor. Are you ready? This is Chris Kirkpatrick's. If you look up in sync on on the internet, it breaks them up by you know JT tenor Jason. This is what the definition of a counter tenor is. Also, contra tenor is a type of classical male singing voice whose vocal range is equivalent to that of the female contralto. That's how they classified Chris Kirkpatrick. So I'd be a counter tenor. Hey, why so but, much Chris Kirkpatrick hate Carlos? What the fuck? I know. I look. I just this thought personal. I just thought it was funny because clearly he doesn't look like he fits in the pop band. Like he just at least Joey Fatone was funny and fun, and it was good. You know, for us fat guys, it was good to see a fat guy. You know, yes, it's about representation. <laughs> you know, and. But it's hard to respect a guy with cornrows <laughs> in a boy band. That's 50. And white. And white. Well, you know. Was... Shit. Now, I will say, look, I'll give gun in my head. I'd pick them over Backstreet Boys. I think they had better songs. Now you're talking. Yeah. I mean, I only really liked one song, which was which that, one? the, the, the ravey one, Pop. Oh, that's not, yes, that's one of their worst songs. Yeah, but I, I don't like any of their songs, so that works out. So that's uh, what I will never deny is Justin Timberlake's a really talented dude. I mean, because of what I do for a living, I got to see him twice. I mean, tremendous performer. And, you know, it's just one of those people that when they walk into a room, you're like, oh, that guy's a star. You know, so... And you... I don't know if so much it happened in, in the rock world. You see it more because of creative differences or drugs, but in like the, the pop group genre, it's, there's always a person that's going to stand out because he is a star. Like when Rick, how many people out of Menudo are as popular as Ricky Martin? Don't say it. 
I don't think Cheyenne was a Menudo. No? No. Cheyenne was not a Menudo. He was a dancer before he became a singer. But, um, but yeah, I mean, look at, it, there's always a guy that stands out. Look at every pop band. Uh, what's the other one from Orlando? The guy that married Jessica Simpson. 98 Degrees. Oh, yeah. 98 Degrees. How well are the other guys doing? What is it? One of us is his brother, isn't it? Isn't one of them? Right. One of it is Nick Lachey's brother. Who's who's supporting who? Like, <laughs> you know. Carlos, uh, you're brutal, man. Like that's not know. that's not brutal. That's Did you ever can, can you ever pick out a star from Backstreet Boys? I think they were pretty even, right? Well, no. Then the like, blonde yeah, guy, the blonde guy no, stood out, right? The one that, Carter. No, the one that I, I I always predicted that he was one to go solo, and I was right on this one. Was the the one that became the alcoholic with the ponytail? That that he just looked like he wanted to. He thought he was above everybody else, but he wasn't really the singer, which was the shorter guy. Damn, I'm gonna have to look up their names. Backstreet yeah, I don't know. Boys, Backstreets, back. All right. You're talking about the, the 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 quote unquote bad boy of the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his for, name was AJ McLean. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Nick he... Carter went. I guess Nick Carter kind of had the biggest career like when they broke up, right? But did he have a solo career? Well, he had a show. Yeah, I, yeah, but I mean, like, he, yeah, AJ McLean was the one to kind of just like, uh, you know, just leave. The, that's the one that looks like shit. he's the one that looks like Ibrahimovic, right? Like the soccer player. <laughs> Thanks, Carlos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you lost me at Ibra. Sure, <laughs> Ibrahimovic. All right, so that's my, um, you know, that it's like I said, none, none, none of the the majority of that story wasn't true. I'm sure Justin Timberlake didn't sit down in the studio and go, "God, you guys suck. I'm out of here." But eventually, you start you 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 hear it, and you have to start looking at your team and go, "You know what? Everybody's right." But he's also the one that was actually musically inclined, right? Like he's the one that you know he's a music he's plays instruments he yeah, actually is a vocalist yeah where he just you know this was a generic band and he's like no i, I really want to make music so mickey mouse club was a hell of a teacher for that. <laughs> well look how many people came out of talk about the mickey mouse club is probably the biggest band that had the breakups with celebrities coming left and right out of it if mickey mouse club was a band I mean, well, who can you call it ryan gosling christina um, aguilera spears, britney spears um jay-z Chazé. She says, <laughs> just <laughs> I really want to know. Annette Funicello. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, I mean, can we stick with the boy band? I know Gilbert mentioned uh, uh, New Edition. So can we transition? To I don't, I wouldn't call them a boy band. No, they were. They, they, they were, were totally the boy, a boy band. They were a boy band. I would refer to them as an R&B group. No! <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, perfect segue into mine. Um, and it was Bobby Brown from previously from New Edition, um, who some would say might have, a, might have had a bigger career after. Um, that first album, Don't Be Cruel, was a monster. It was huge. And, and it was like the kind of precursor to, well, not the precursor. I mean, I guess it's the start of like that New Jack Swing movement. You know, he had Teddy Riley, who was an un unknown producer at the time, uh, producing all these, all these, you know, My Prerogative and all these great songs. Um, and, you know, Bobby Brown was actually kicked off of New Edition from because of all his antics and, you know, 
always being late and all this stuff. And, um, you know, he got he voted out of did those things to to make himself stand out. Right. Because he was he was put in the back of that band. Right. It was, yeah, well, uh, Ralph Tresvant. Ralph, Ralph Tresvant was the, 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 the talent, the talent. Yeah. And he's I mean, he's still to this day has one of the best voices, uh, you know, in, in music period for me anyway. I, you know, I always loved his voice. Um, and it's um, it's funny because Ralph Tresvant, you know, put aside his solo career to do another new edition album. And then Bobby came out and, and exploded and which really should have been <laughs> Ralph Tresvant really, <laughs> but he, you know, for the sake of new edition and, uh, you know, um, he, he kind of put it to a side and, and, and they did the, the, which I think was at the time was any heartbreak album. Um, so, you know, it was, it was just crazy. And, 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 you know, Bobby's a legend himself, but um, you know, I, I, and from new edition, like, I think <laughs> they all I made think, it. They all yeah, made it. yeah, yeah. Obviously, Belva DeVoe was huge after, um, uh, you know, they, they brought... Sweat? So no, Johnny Gill, Gill was Johnny Gill. Johnny Gill. Okay. Yeah, who I was confused those guys. That's right. yeah. me the right way. Yeah, he <laughs> talk about a great voice. Um, and um, so yeah, I mean, they, they they all were were huge on their own. Um, you know, and then obviously Michael Bivens, um, the stuff that he did as a as an executive, um, discovering yeah. multi, uh, you know, Boys to Men. Yeah, that, uh, that, that little group. Yeah, that yeah, little yeah. group, Boys to Men. So, um, but yeah, but Bobby was, Bobby is, was incredible. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he's that, that album is, is a really a seminal album, especially, like I said, for like that, it kind of ushered in that new Jack, uh, new Jack swing movement. And it was huge. What, the hit, the hit from that was my prerogative, right? The, and I mean, every, and, hit, but the, the, and don't the be cruel. Yeah, don't, uh, don't be cruel. Every and little every step I take. Yeah. Yeah, well, and which one came out? What was the first song off that? My, my prerogative. Was it was my prerogative. prerogative. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. Yeah, no, New Edition was a great band too. I love New Edition, Holy man. Shit. I was a huge I mean, yeah, fan. to have life and actually be bigger than what New Edition was. Yeah, man. Well, and, and I mean, and he still stayed relevant. I mean, for all the wrong reasons, you know, Ooh, later on with Houston, and then uh, well, they had a reality show too, right? Yeah, being Bobby Brown. Yeah. So, you know, and then, but like you said earlier, Eric, rest in peace to his son. His daughter, his boy, like I mean, he's had a crazy yeah, yeah, a lot of, lot of, lot of loss in his life, unfortunately. Yeah. So, well, out of my curiosity, I, I looked up Bobby, Bobby Brown's net worth and Michael Bivitt's next net worth. It's not gonna be close. No, I think Bobby Brown needs to open a hot dog stand. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, Joey Fatone's doing much better than Bobby Brown. No way, man. Yeah, Bobby Brown is, and remember this is net worth, so it's probably less than this. It says he has his net worth is two million. Considering all the shit that guy's done, that's now Michael Bivens is at twenty, so he's still he's still a few million away from a hot dog cart. Yeah, but but uh, that that's that guy's had a. I mean, it's, I don't, I do, I don't not want to be sympathetic, but a lot of it is self-inflicted, you know, like, uh, you know, the way he's lived his life and, you know, his, I think his, but his son's deal, they, they still haven't announced how he's, how his son passed, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah. And then, but, uh, you know, people unfortunately, and, you know, blame him for Whitney Houston. It was the other way. That's what you. That's what you think. Oh, totally. 
Yeah. She was the one with the drug problem, dude. And she introduced him to drugs. For sure. It's just everybody saw Whitney as a... An icon? Yeah, yeah, she's like a pop princess. How could she do this? Oh, good. She's no the... way. Bobby Brown corrupted her, man. Yeah. I honestly think it was um, it was I'm... the other way around. But this is your personal thought. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you, you can do the research. Yeah. But uh, all right. So where do we go to next? I have uh, what do you what do you have, uh, Gilbert or Eric? I have, and this is the, my final my final. Uh, Band that's going to be on the list, but I have a few others that maybe we'll just throw out at random. But it's going to be Kim Veal. Um, she was part of the Victies. Oh, that's right. I and wanted to hear this. They they went on they went on on hiatus, like they were just touring constantly. And in 80, 89 or ninety, um, they just took they took a break. So in the meantime, she formed this little band called the Breeders. And then in nineteen ninety three, Francis Black who was the lead singer, decided, yo, we're done with the band. And he released his album, Los Angeles, under Frank Black, which is a great song, too. I don't know if you remember. It was I want to live in Los Angeles. Amazing song. And at that same time, you know, with the breakup, the breeders kind of just blew up with the cannonball, with cannonball. And we're probably huge. And the only reason I added them on this list was because I got to see, and they're amazing. I got, I got to see um, the breeders open up for this um, small band called Nirvana in '94, <laughs> and it was amazing at Bayfront. And I was supposed to go to go with uh, another buddy of mine. I invited him, you know, Gilbert, and he just never made it. So, you know, shoes. Cannonball, Breeders, Nirvana, Smashing Pumpkins, Lollapalooza. Yeah. Well, you know, were... I, I mean, we had fun at Lollapalooza, but yeah. that Nirvana concert was was pretty memorable. You know, especially with the Breeders performing. Well, I don't know. The Beastie Boys and Smashing Pumpkins was pretty good too. <laughs> I can't. I can't remember Beastie Boys. And, I think I slept through most yeah. of it. <laughs> and George, George Clinton and the P Funk All Stars. That was awesome too. We we got to see Perry, Perry Farrell there. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful Pyros, another guy that you know left Jane's Addiction. And, yeah. Went on to do some some other different and amazing shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, creating Lollapalooza would, would make you pretty <laughs> successful. Pretty big. Yeah. What was I gonna say? Um, what, the breeders they they were also supposed to perform in the Lollapalooza that we went to, right? I think so. Yeah, and I think they. Yeah. Because was it L Seven replaced Green Day, right? No, L Seven was part of it. Green Day, they just remember they they came out. Um, it was like they broke up the. Uh, I think Mike Mike Dirt broke his. Yeah, yeah that when he um, fell, he fell in Woodstock. Well, he got tackled. Yeah, he got tackled. <laughs> yeah. All right, Gilbert, what do you got? Um, so my my last one is a little known guy called Michael Jackson. Um, he used to be in a group called the Jackson Five, and much like all these other stories, um, there was a clear star in this uh, in this uh, band, and it was Tito, Tito Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Tito, <laughs> you know what? Um, one of the videos, right? Oh, Can you feel it? Like oh, later. Yeah, well, they, they were all in it. it. Yeah. But this is, but now you know. I think Tito has gained his own fame for comedic purposes, and Jermaine is the one that's getting left behind. Well, yeah, Jermaine's Jermaine was the other weird, star, right? right? Like he's got. Yeah, they, he's just done off the rails. Tell shit. me who's normal in that family. Go, Janet. Tito. No, no, Janet's crazy too. Don't talk he's to just him. Don't trying talk, to make don't a buck. Ever disrespect. Him. He's out there hustling. 
So yeah, so Michael Jackson. He's opening up a stand next to JC. Uh, yeah, uh, Joey Fatone stand. So um, so you know, I mean, what's 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 not what? I mean, what can you say about Michael Jackson? You know, so um, he uh, um, you know, under under the under the tutelage of tutelage, you like that one, right? I'm dropping gems, baby. <laughs> <laughs> of Quincy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> but amazing at the same time. Um, uh, Quincy Jones, obviously, you know, um, uh, the first album, Off the Wall, which I, I, a lot of people like better than um, Thriller. I'm not in that camp. I actually do All like right. Thriller better. But um, I mean, yeah, it's, it was just incredible. And then, and then, you know, they go ahead and then go back to the studio and then drop the most amazing album ever created in the, the, the planet. In the planet. Um, and um yeah, and then we everybody knew who who the star was, even at you know six years, seven years old, however however old Michael was when when Jackson Five started. That's it, man. I mean, what what else can I say that hasn't been said? Actually, the, the <laughs> sound engineer. I have a friend that um you know uh, he's he's a big audio guy, and the uh, the sound engineer for the Thriller album died uh, died this week too. Uh, Bruce uh, Swedian. Oh wow! And he, oh, okay. he was the one that did. I think he did Off the Wall and uh, and Thriller. He used to work with Quincy Jones a lot too, so yeah. I, that's just kind of a little. Imagine, imagine, that. imagine having this, the the stems for all all the all the all that sound. Like the stems is kind of like the everything, all the tracks individually, separate. you know, yeah. separate. Like, God, that, it's got to be so amazing. I, like, you know, there's that that famous one of Freddie Mercury when when he's singing, you know, and you just hear that thing in acapella, and you're like, holy fucking what, shit. Under pressure. Yeah. The yeah. The under pressure one. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. But, um, but yeah, man, I mean, it, I, you know, the, you know, Michael's the goat, man. He's up there. He's up there, but a bit of a hit, you know, yeah. later in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, so while, while you were talking, I was looking up, uh, so when you Google a band you know, it shows you an individual picture of them, when you hit the members tab and then it tells you what they did in the band, you know, if they were a vocalist, I don't know if, if uh, Google really did their research on this one. So this is Marlon Jackson. First is, of all, why are you using Google? Because I'm, okay, uh, <laughs> the website's down and crashed after our episode. The um, Marlon Jackson is listed as the tambourine player. Hey, there's a lot of skill involved with playing the tambourine. Hold on. But do you need two of them in the band? Because Jackie Jackson was also the tambourine player. Jermaine was the bass, played bass guitar. Tito played lead Guitarist. guitar. Yeah. Randy Jackson was the percussionist. And Michael Jackson was the conga player. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't say vocals. It says <laughs> conga. Conga. Yeah. So yeah, he, they moonlighted as a salsa band. You know, they probably wanted. Well, no, I think he was a Miami Sound Machine. Miami Sound Machine. What it is, I think they probably wanted to hide his his star factor uh, or you know the recent allegation or you know, and they put him in the back so you wouldn't notice the Jackson Five. They'd be recognized as a whole band, and you wouldn't know that Michael Jackson was the lead of the Jackson. Right. Band. Well, that worked out, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he, he sang all the songs pretty much for Jackson 5 right nobody else sang in that no he blew up when uh, he did um, ben. Yeah, well, ben well yeah no the, the other song If I Don't Have You okay yeah, and then Ben added on to that after and then he just blew up but 
so they have other and i'm sorry i just not a, i was never like huge into the jackson five but do any of the other band members sing like solo do they ever or is it uh, pretty no. much just michael uh, Michael. Now we don't even know. Wikipedia says he was a Congo player. Yeah. There's no lead vocal there. Yeah, no. The so was it? It was probably Latoya. Uh, La- Latoya. I don't th- th- yeah, she did put out music. Yeah, she sa- she sang. Yeah. yeah, well, but I mean, she wasn't part of the Jackson. I think Jackson Five were only the boys. And then who um, was the one yeah. that was in in different strokes? It was it was Janet, Janet right? Janet. Janet. And and good times. And, and good times, yeah. Good times, yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Final one. I no remember. I said I cheated. I have a few. Oh, that's right. He had yeah. He still has two left to go. I know, but this is I've, the final one of the song list, right? Uh, well, so you're gonna add them? No, no. Put, well, pick one of three. I'm gonna say three names. You guys, let me know whose story you want to hear. I want to hear them all. all. Right. So there's Peter Cetera, Bjork, and Billy Idol. L- let's go, Peter Cetera. Okay. Yeah, you said it was kind of a crazy, salacious. Wanna... You know, it's funny. I really don't consider. Hold on. You're just gonna let that walk by. <laughs> so late. Uh, I don't do much. I don't do. I don't do much research about the actual. Uh, you know, of the of the music part. I just. I just go through the source and start yeah. picking out words. No, he's like, "Fuck! I didn't have time to write notes. What words can I throw here that'll make, that'll make yeah, this I'm really curious about Chicago and Peter Cetera because, to me, yeah. Peter Cetera is more of a, a solo act than Chicago. He wasn't the original singer in that band. No, right? well, no, no, he wasn't. So I had actually, I heard, I actually knew this story because I saw a documentary about David Foster. You know, and David Foster's a monster producer, you know. And um, so when when their original singer left, the band kind of went down the dumps. They weren't selling a lot of records. They weren't doing well. And... Uh, Peter Cetera never really liked the music that the band was putting together. They never, he never really liked what they did. He hated horns. He hated, you know, cause it was, it was a big band. Chicago was a big band. And then along came David Foster and reduced the band that way. And, and the, the first album that they produced with David Foster, you don't hear any horns barely. And that was part of Chicago's big thing when they first started. And then him and Satara got close. And then they worked on the solo album. And Peter Satara was already kind of done with the band. He didn't give a shit about the band anymore. He, He's like, I, I don't, you know, they never, there was a lot of animosity when Peter Satara was spending more time with David Foster while they were working on the Chicago album, really not communicating with Chicago. You know, they were building the album, just working those two together. And so then he develops his album and then forgets about Chicago. So much so that Peter Cetera didn't join them in the uh, Hall of Fame induction. He's like, I have nothing to share with those guys. Holy shit. He's like, yeah, so um, let me read what it, it, it says here. So in a message posted on Cetera's official website, Peter declares that this is that it's his final decision to not participate in the 2016 Hall of Fame induction, adding, I appreciate the award and I want to thank you all who voted and finally made it happen. He continues, many of you will be disappointed and that's understandable. Quite frankly, I'm disappointed as well, 
there comes a time when you need to make a decision based on what's best for you without worrying about the consequences. And that, and that is, and this is that time. So when they split up, they split up. Like they don't, he, and even, even when they discuss it in that documentary about David Foster, he, it's almost like he hated the band. Like, and, and, but that they were close because he was, he was just a musician in the band before. And then he came, became the de facto leader after, you know, when they didn't have a lead singer, but he's, he felt like he was evolving in, musically into something else. But the separation was that much that in 2016, he was like, no, I don't, I don't want to go to the Hall of Fame with them. They can go. I don't want to be with them. <laughs> that, that, that's kind of harsh, man. You know, like he just, but it's, a, and you see it in the David Foster documentary, how he just, he was so happy to work with Foster and because Foster agreed with him, like, you know, we don't like that big band sound. And then he was justified when they released their last album as Chicago, that it didn't do well because that sound wasn't, you know, wasn't, not that it wasn't relevant, but people weren't, uh, weren't drawn to it. So that's the Peter Sotero one. I, I, I was kind of in shock. I didn't know the story about the Hall of Fame then. He just I said, didn't either. Yeah, yeah, he just said, fuck you guys. No, I'm, I'm good. So he pretty much just used it as a platform to launch his uh, solo career. Well, once once he found a producer that sided with him, you know. Now, did he do well after Chicago? I think he did. Love, <laughs> man, just being on a Karate Kid soundtrack, that, that's a that's a win. Steve Perry. Steve Perry. Steve I don't know that that uh, Filipino guy, kid's killing another it. Another yeah. guy that uh that left and had O'Sherry, which is a great song. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, but he under he underperformed. Yeah. Journey was way bigger. Yeah, oh, yeah totally. I mean, look, they're selling out with this uh, Filipino kid. He sounds exactly like. Steve yeah, Perry. that's so wild, right? Hey, Gilbert, I did do one for you that I think you'll appreciate, and it was a uh, Martika related. What? Um, so Martika was in a little band called Kids Incorporated that actually had his TV out of TV show. I don't know if you remember it in uh, I don't mid eighties. So that's how she got her start, you know. And later she she came up with Toy Soldiers, but. Martika was in a band called Kids Incorporated. Was Another Rockwell person, in any bands? Huh? No. <laughs> Another person who was also in that band, Kids Incorporated, was one Stacy Ferguson. That's right. Later known as Fergie, who, who also, also left. left Wild Orchid. So bringing it back to who, Wild Orchid. Who also who, I, who also left Black Eyed Peas and had a solo career. Fuck the black guy. <laughs> Wild Orchid was the band, man. And whenever I bring them up, nobody knows who they are, and they were amazing. <laughs> so I did that one just for you. Gilbert. That sounds. They sound, that sounds like a Lilith Fair band. Wild Orchid. Nah, they they wouldn't even fit in that because they were more like R and B style. Oh, were they? Yeah. But all right, so. Right, so we we could actually do this all day. There's oh, we so could many. Go all day, man. Yeah. Like I had Lou Reed. Like Lou Reed. Oh, oh, that's a good one. Lou know? Reed. Yeah. I also wanted to get Iggy, Pop, Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. Yeah. George Harrison. I mean, everybody that left that band did pretty, pretty, pretty. I think that well, well except Ringo and John. You know, he, he didn't make it. He didn't make it. <laughs> he didn't make it. He almost did. Um, but but uh, how about George Harrison, man, never never got that much credit, man, and he was a great songwriter. Yeah, dude. How big? How, speak going back to our previous episode, a video that always got played a lot on MTV was "I, I Got know. My Mindset," which was a fun video. 
Remember yes. that there was two versions of it also. Yeah, my I like the video that yeah, but it was the same video, right? But different song. No, there was one with the it was the same same song and he had two different videos. So there's the one where the animals came to life and then there's yeah, the, that's the one, one I that, remember. The, but the, the one that I remember is that he's sitting and then like like the bookshelves are dancing and everything's moving. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. the the thing. And then they had another one that was not as memorable. All right. I'll I'll go to the Bjork one was pretty interesting too, but um, you know, there, they said there's so many. Jack White, leaving white stripes. Uh, but, you know, what's there was the just one person. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a Tribe Called Quest. Q Tip. Q Tip had his own solo career. Little Kim, leaving Junior Mafia. Okay. That's a bit of a stretch, but. <laughs> no. no, no. She, was, she was part of Junior no, Mafia. She was. She was. She was, she was part of you know, Junior you Mafia. Know who, you know who else started as a group and, and ventured on her own? Who? Pink. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh no shit. She used to be a, she used to be in an R and B group called Choice, I think it was, and they went to get signed to Arista where and LA Reed like, look, you that's know, it. I'll take you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take <it> the group. <laughs> yeah. well, and clearly he yeah. made he made the right choice. But um yeah, there's now like I, I brought this up earlier, but Ice Cube leaving NWA. It was, I mean, look, look at the monsters that those two guys have become. You know, well, you know, Dr. Dre became a billionaire with little headphones. But, you know, you have uh, Ice Cube who ended up doing kids' movies and still making albums. And, you know, now his son is successful. And I, you know, I think maybe his, his solo career is bigger than NWA. NWA was just iconic because at the time that it came out, but as far as success, I would say that his albums are big, are more successful than NWA albums. Maybe the resurgence of the movie or the, the resurgence of downloads now would be because of the uh, product of the movie being released, but... CB4, right? CB4. Not straight out of Compton. CB4. Uh, and uh, Eric had mentioned one also. Straight out of Gusto. Yeah. But, um yeah, this uh, this group called Nirvana uh, actually that uh, they didn't break up. The drummer that they didn't break up, but the drummer <laughs> did go on to start a little band called the Foo Fighters. Yeah, I guess he did all right. Did <laughs> and Pat is in the band too, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Who also uh, left a, a, another, another band, band yeah. the Germs, after the, germs. the chef of uh, Darby. Well, uh, what's his? Uh, I mean, is it, aren't the Foo Fighters made out of all different band transplants anyway? Sunny Real Estate. Sunny Day Real Estate. Sunny Day Real Estate. Yeah. Yeah. Day Real Estate. Right. Yeah. 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 And then. And and, and, um, and what's his name? And that, the other the, dude was the drummer for Alanis Morissette for a long time, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, I forgot his name. But then also the guitar player, too, is from. Um, um, what's his name? Uh, the, oh, God. He was in No Use for a Name. And Me First in the oh. Gimme Gimme's. Is he the one that's related to the bassist from uh from uh face to face? For Schleck, Schleck, yeah, his brother. Schleck, Schleck, yeah, something like that. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, All yeah. Right. Sweet. Yeah. Always good when a when a punk punk band makes makes big. Yeah, know? that's the yeah. guitar player from Dysfunctional Youth went on to become a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little, little known fact. Little fact. That never was. The, <laughs> the drummer started a podcast. <laughs> The bass players, you know, also on a podcast. Shit. Uh, no, but you know, this this is a list that could go on and on. But I'll tell the Bjork story. So I have Bjork and Billy Idol. 
please. Oh. And that'll be the fact because I had a fact, but I don't want to use it for this. I I, I kind of like the way this this show has been going, so I'll use that one on the next show. Okay, that's fine. So we'll we'll, we'll end it with the viewer, which. No, I'm gonna end it with Billy Idol because he's fucking oh, Billy Idol. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, Billy Idol. B- B- Bjork is iconic too, but all right. So, God, I'm so proud of you for for choosing the sugar cubes, man. I I never thought you would have picked that. Like, yeah. I'm in love right now. It's beautiful. So, Bjork actually began her music career at 11. So. When uh, during her teen, not saying much because there's not much to do in Iceland, you know. That's that's true. That's true. So during her teen years, after the diffusion of punk rock of the punk rock music in Iceland, she formed an all-girl punk band called Spit and Snot. (laughs) And then, awesome. A year later, in 1980, she formed a jazz fusion group called Exodus. And then, which co- collaborated with another group called Jam 80. So, during her youth, she kept on jumping from band to band, eventually landing with the Sugar Cubes. The reason she left it now, imagine she she started at at eleven, and when she was in the Sugar Cubes, she was in her early twenties. I think she was like twenty two years old. Um, I mean, they were popular for what they were considered yeah you know from iceland and they, they were a big group you know they right. made it a late 80s early 90s yeah so yeah right when when techno started becoming a thing so um she decided clearly the reason i brought up her history was you could already tell at a young age that she wasn't confined by a genre I mean, she went from a punk band to a jazz group to like, you know, techno to, you know, dance music. And she says, I don't only, she's, her only statement regarding the Sugar Cubes was, I don't want to play music. I don't want to play or write music uh, for discos anymore. Now, she's been nominated for 14 Grammys. So I think she's done all right on her own. And clearly a sound she, she doesn't sound like anybody it's it's exper- and 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 never repetitive right every never. album sounds every different. album sounds different. like if you go every song on the on the album sounds yeah. different <laughs> yeah like imagine you go from what well, even in the same album yeah yeah you listen to hyper ballad and then listen to it's also oh, quiet so and you big time sensuality which yeah. is like a, a club hit yeah it, it sounds like a no. sugar cube song yeah and then, and then you know, you go from big time sensuality to uh, human behavior on the same ones. Totally different sounds. So I come to me on that album. Yeah. But it's that that album is so eclectic. It's yeah. so crazy that that album. Yeah. No, she's she. You know, she's a genius musically. You know, and oh, bro, I think she's crazy. Man. No, she's also crazy. <laughs> well, she, remember no, when she I when she beat up that re, that that photographer for yeah, taking a picture well, of her kid? Well, yeah. she she was also almost murdered by some what? crazy stalker guy <gasps> from Florida. Yeah, the guy that the killed Spanish himself. Dude. That yeah. shit's crazy. Yeah, you know, that's, that's the first video I ever saw. Like, the, it was like, just disturbing, man. That so I mean, and um, uh, that guy terrified her so much. Yeah. yeah, that she wouldn't so, leave hotel rooms. She wouldn't he, leave her house. He, she was uh, married to Goldie at the time. Right. Yeah. And um, this guy was a Cuban dude. And, Fucking Cuban. Oh, my God, dude. No, is that if you watch those videos, he would post, like, online videos of how he's going to, 
you know, do do horrible things, and he couldn't understand and why his, she would like his like apartment. Shit. Yeah, yeah, and his apartment was crazy. all fucked up. Yeah, and then he started painting his face, and the final thing is he ends his life, and that's how they were able to find it. Yeah. Um, wow, because he was gonna send an explosive to her. Yeah, like, hey, super hey, crazy. Hey, well, here I'm gonna I'm gonna make things better. Not Cuban. Oh, thank God, Ricardo Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, Ricardo Lopez um, he's from Uruguay but he is from Hollywood yeah. Uh, Florida. yeah Florida yeah yeah so he he actually attempted murdering her I remember I remember that story that that's when she she became so paranoid she wouldn't leave hotel rooms or nothing um, yeah, he was a pest control worker who attempted to kill the Icelandic musician uh, in 1996, he developed an obsession with her, uh, and then he became angry over her relationship with Goldie. Like that's what set him off. So, yeah. So don't go it, massive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like that. So I think that attributes a little bit to her craziness. Maybe she was crazy before, and that really put her over the top. But. All right, here we go. I meant crazy in a good way. I, I mean it like you know. <laughs> when I say that, it's it's a compliment. All right, so Billy Idol. Yes. The coolest motherfucker on the planet. So uh, he was in a little band called Gen X. Uh, they broke up in 1981. Its last public performance was an appearance on BBC's uh, television show Oxford Roadhouse. Um, his last performance with Generation X, he was uh, cross-dressing and wearing gothic high-collared coat combined with female knickers and black tights. Um, so there's not a lot of information on why they broke up. Um, so you got to dig, dig a little bit deeper and kind of figure out, you know, kind of put pieces together there was a there was a an article that was released and the only thing that it stated was that they broke up because of a chemical imbalance amongst the group <laughs> what the fuck is that so <laughs> now you know they uh their ex-manager was kind of pissed because you know there was a little bit more to it than that they didn't go into detail but their ex-manager had told billy idol you know what the band's breaking up move to new york you know, and then we'll start on your solo career there. And then uh, the rest of the band remained in London. And they performed uh, Rockabilly, Cyberpunk, uh, Siga Siga Sputnik. The only song I know from them is from Paris Bueller's Day Off, uh, that they have a song there. But um, but they did have hits in, in, in the UK. Um, and then, you know, once, uh, once Billy Idol moved uh, to New York, uh, he was signed to Chrysalis Records uh, to start his new career. Dancing with Myself was actually a Gen X song, and he brought it with him. And then the rest is history. You know, he. What happened? Yeah, no, the, I didn't know Dancing with Myself was. A Gen I actually knew that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, Shit. so he just took it and said, "This is going to be my so staple." They don't elaborate on what the chemical imbalance was. It like the drummer was getting more coke than the other guy. No. I think it's their pH balance. <laughs> no, but uh, what was I watching? So, um, 
if they had some essential water, they'd be able to spill. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it just so happens I was watching the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on HBO, um, the twenty twenty one, and um, they were talking about T Rex, you know, because they got inducted. Yeah, Cosmic Dancer finally. Yeah. I used well, to have a friend that said that T-Rex is the greatest band in the world. And as soon as they announced that, I, I had to text him. I was Brian. I was yeah. like, he did it. He finally made it, man. Well, it, they're responsible for so much. And like, uh, I forget the lead well, singer's name. Mostly the lead singer, man. Right. Well, yeah, the lead singer. You know, so it, it really was mostly um, Mark Bowen and stuff. So, yeah. So this is one thing that going back to when when star power becomes recognizable is um, I'm sorry, what's the lead singer's name again? T-Rex? Mark Bolin. He, he pulls, there's a bunch of pictures of him and Billy Idol together. He, he was kind of the first one to really do that. Um, glam. Yeah. Yeah. He's Yeah. He's, he is glam rock. And then he pulls up Billy Idol and says, he goes, this is the only man in rock and roll. That's prettier than I am. (laughs) <laughs> and he pulls up Billy Idol. But the respect that he had from, I mean, Elton John, uh, everybody, because he he's considered one of the best lyricists in rock and roll. And then, but there's these few seconds where you see Billy Idol a lot. But it was like, you know, when you see pictures of a bunch of celebrities at a club or, you know, at a red carpet or at a concert. So, Generation X wasn't that big. They weren't that known. But no. Billy Idol automatically stood out as a star. You know, where, I mean, and, and how happy were you to see him at the end of fucking Wedding Singer when yeah. you didn't expect it? Like, oh, Hell yeah. fucking Billy Idol. But, yeah. <laughs> so, but, by the way, Gilbert, I, I think, you know, a lot of people recognize T-Rex, and I'm sorry, I'm going off topic here, you know, uh, Children of the Revolution, but a lot of their stuff was like very psychedelic. And yeah. I think you'd be into them, Gilbert, because they kind of sound like MGMT's first album. Oh, that, cool. That It has that sound. Like Mark yeah. Bolin like, experimented a lot. And it, it has a really cool song. Uh, Cosmic Dancer is one of the yeah. greatest songs you'll ever hear. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta check it out. And, 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 it out. and he was also influenced a lot by the punk sound. Like later on, like they, they you know, but yeah, I mean, the guy's a character, but, you know, I was tying it into the Billy Idol thing how you know Billy Idol went from being in this little band called Gen X and then hanging out with him hanging out with uh Elton John hanging out with all these people because he just stood out you know it's this guy with you know because Billy Idol was a good looking guy when he was young you know spiky blonde hair didn't look like anybody and then you know he wouldn't wear a shirt just a jacket and you know fucking Billy Idol you know and and, and punk bands like other days like the whole standout thing um, what's that other UK band? That little one, the the, the Sons of Anarchy. What are they called? Uh, Queen, Queen, the Queen is dead. What is the name? Sex Pistols. Sex Pistols. Like who was the star of that one? You know, because you had Sid Vicious and you had uh, Johnny Lydon. Johnny Lyman. Like you know, uh, who who was the bigger? Yeah, this guy went to kill his girl and then kill himself. But you know, I, I always think Sid Vicious was more of the the guy that popped out in that band. You know, Johnny Lydon was just trying to be obnoxious to keep up with him. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's. Uh, 
That you and, know, and he's the type of guy that'll probably show up at my door and say, "What the fuck you say?" <laughs> for sure. But <laughs> like, chill, bro. You know, it's funny. What what I couldn't get out of my head while while I was looking all this stuff up was is uh, almost famous when they have their breakdown. You know, he's like when Jason Lee is, "I'm the singer of the band. I connect with people." You know, and you're just a guitar player. And then when they release the shirts and he's in focus and the rest of the band's out of focus behind them. Like, right. like the, I imagine that happens to every band. Because, you know, once you get a little taste of playing for hundreds of people, I mean, your ego must be out of control. You know, and then, you know, I, I, I think about that all the time. And Jason Lee's like, you know, I'm the fucking lead singer. You're a guitar player. You know, like you're. Why are you sticking out? You know, yeah. but it happens, man. I mean, it's like, you know, that's why. At that point, that's when you need to go solo, man, because it's no longer about. It's toxic. Anymore. Yeah, it's like you know, it's funny because when you watch Bohemian Rhapsody, it, it's they try to peg it like that, but when you watch interviews with them as a band, it's no, they genuinely loved each other and they loved Freddie a lot, you know, and they were like, no, there was, but. You know, Freddie was a star before he was a star. You know, that that's who he was. You know, and then you had, you know, the rest of the band that he's like, no, we, we're supporting our friend. You know, where you don't see that a lot. And then you watch all these old interviews with them and conversations. And you're like, Jesus Christ, these, these were just good guys that loved each other. And you don't see that that much. Like, you know, when they, another, um, another band that was inducted, uh, uh, the Doobie Brothers. They're just a bunch of guys that love to fucking play music. They're like, how can we take our, ourselves seriously? L- look at the name of our band. <laughs> you know, like, it's... But, was, Michael Mc, was Michael McDonald always the star of the Doobie Brothers? But, you, you know, but they never saw it that way. No, I'm saying, no, I was, I I was, it was yes. a question. Yeah, I yeah, guess so, right? Yeah. You know, but, it, it, but that, like, look how long those bands last. Sweet freedom. That's my Michael McDonald. <laughs> that was pretty good. Thanks, man. But it, it's and I has to be. It has to be such a difficult thing managing that much ego, and you know, like, or or even just from a talent perspective, like if I evolve as a musician but my band doesn't, you know, it's like fuck. You know, you 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 have to get like going back to the in sync thing, if. If I'm just in Timberlake and I'm I'm the one that has an affinity towards music, and these guys are just hanging out behind me talking about space and hot dogs, you know, like where, where's where's my career gonna go? Oh, <laughs> I uh, I can imagine like a band like like uh, like the Eagles where where there's like all this talent around. You know, you had Don Henley, you had um, Ben Fry. So I, I I wonder how is it if it, is it hard to manage one like that where it's multiple talents everywhere and everybody's got to kind of contribute or wants to contribute or where it's the other way around where there's one superstar and it's you know well look at led zeppelin you're gonna get yeah robert plant jimmy page um what's the drummer's name um or the the, bonham bonham yeah just a lot of talent and they just were fucking led zeppelin you know like it's i i mean i guess you have to come in with that chemistry first i mean like imagine imagine being part of the experience and you're just looking at Jimi hendrix you know like fuck like 
Yeah, I, I mean, and Mitch Mitchell was but a phenomenal point, drummer. I, I don't think it has to do anything with talent. At that point, you're talking egos. You with know, what? With you what? You could still be a, a talented, and you still have a collaborative mindset. Yeah. Well, like you know, like why Led Zeppelin or bands like Rush were. Yeah. Because these are these are talents. These are bands full of of talent. Yeah. And they still work. They make yeah. it last. Well, or or the or they're just actual musicians that appreciate the musicianship. You know that they're like, dude, we really enjoy playing together. You know, and it's you know we come up with magic together, <clears throat> but. But I think that's, you know, more the rare side of, of, of sure. that than not, you For know, sure. I mean, like, look what happened at dysfunctional youth. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the fame tore us apart. The fame. <laughs> Gilbert had the merch. <laughs> like that, like that scene from Can't Hardly Wait. Well, I'm going to wear the hat. <laughs> <laughs> Love that part. But no, it, it, it's you know, you have it, you're, you know, if if it's strictly about the music, I I could easily see how yeah, I grow as a musician. The people behind me don't follow through. You know, they don't. Eventually, you know, the artistry in me wants to develop more and go further and see how far I could take it. You know, going back to a few episodes. Look at look at the dynamic that the Beastie Boys had. They had an MCA that kept them all together, and nobody that none of them kind of went above the other one. You know, they all they were all e there was an equal group, even though MC he pushed them to become better. to thing. be better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When when if I mean theoretically, MCA could have been that guy to just leave everybody behind and keep going. But he didn't, you know. He's like, we're gonna get better together. But I, but I can't imagine how how many bands actually do that, you know. Well, not the Beat Bodega, baby. <laughs> this we all we all know who the star is here. This, Eric, this band, this band has been together for thirty years almost. <laughs> yeah. But all right. Um, Anything else you want to add, Gilbert? Potential, potential uh, Twitch, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> I think I want to do a, a, a since everybody's going to be stuck at home uh, for this uh, Black Friday because who's going to go to the mall when there's a pen, full-on pandemic again? Um, so I think I'm, I might do a special holiday Black Friday lovers rock Twitch. I might be I'm actually I'm taking off the game, so I'm gonna go. Oh, uh, oh nice! Like by near Jenny Springs. Is that Jenny Springs, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're gonna spend the weekend camping. So oh. Gilbert finally brings you back to uh, Lovers Rock, and you leave him. Son of a bitch. That's yeah, the end. Like, that's the breakup of the Bebo Digger, right? No, there. it was just something, and it was like, hey, uh, so one of our friends uh, got this place, found this land that's right on the Santa Fe River, I think it's up there. And uh, yeah, so I haven't been camping in like two years, so I'm kind of excited about that. I'm excited awesome. for you. Yeah, yeah. Me too, man. I, I need some time outdoors, man. I've been going crazy in my apartment. I can imagine. Shit. Yeah, no, I, you know. I kind of pissed in the sink the other day just to mix things up. Like, <laughs> turned on the water. I was like, oh, let me see how this feels. Because I got tired of peeing in the toilet. I was like, you I want to try something different. You could have just bought some plants. 
so you feel like you're outside. Yeah. Uh, you know what, man? I was I wasn't gonna do it, but that was uh, that was my, my fun fact for the. the no, nah, I'll leave, I'll leave it for another show. Oh, shit just got real. Some fucking monster walked yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, something happened that? there. That's uh, that's Gilbert's killer corgi. Uh, Gilbert, you have a corgi. I do. He does. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm surprised but, he hasn't bought a French bulldog yet. Are those still popular? Uh, Nikki won't let me have one after after I had bugs. You were gonna get one. <laughs> I wanted to. That's the noisiest dog of all time. And they don't know how to swim. Those dogs, their heads are so heavy that they go straight to the bottom. Bro, that that the, that Fact. that yeah. No, listen. I I found out the hard way. One of the times I the first like month of having bugs, he walked into my brother's pool and literally sank like a fucking rock. <laughs> I had to pull him out with the you know with this with this leash, but. All right, so um, this was a long show, guys. It was, yeah, man. Well, the, 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 let's see if we beat uh, last week's record. It's not a competition, uh, Carlos. I I'm was co- just competing with going contrary our, to what I said to, Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this is uh, this was a fun episode. It's a fun topic to dive into. Uh, it actually came up at the last minute. Well, not really, because Eric had brought this up some time ago, and then we were actually going to do a different episode. And then we decided to pivot they back to, to this one. That. Yeah, yeah, they do. No, we're transparent. We, we gotta here. look like we have our shit together, man. No, no we don't. <laughs> shit together. We don't. We're. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm glad we did this episode. This one was fun to do. Uh, this is one of those that can go all day, because you know we could start picking out different artists. But, um, but yeah, this was a fun one, guys. Uh, everybody have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Yes. Watch out with that Rona. And again, thank you for listening. Yeah. 2K. 2K. I know, man. Thanks to everybody, man. It's amazing. I can't yeah. believe you guys still listen to this oh, nonsense. I thought you were making a reference to like a basketball game to like Madden. <laughs> and I was like, 2K? What's that mean? Oh, oh man. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Eric? Bye, everyone. Oh. Gilbert, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it one time. Bye. Uh, Gilbert. (laughs) Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Peace and love, people. Take a family. (laughs) G.I. Joe. (laughs) He's a real American hero. (laughs) Yeah, that, you know, if you went as aggressive as you did the last time, that was. Yeah, was, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tone it down a bit. You know how many messages I got were like, "Wow, Gilbert!" I was like, <laughs> "He really doesn't like San Diego." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, you know. Oh man, yeah, the, I, I really like that one, Gilbert. That but was, it's, that was it's, really I, it's literally for my favorite. I'm, I'm Anchorman is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I could probably do a hundred quotes from that movie alone. So yeah, but I mean, you could have, you could have picked something softer. Oh, Sex hey, Panther. Good, good finishing. Way to top that one off, too, Carlos, by by doing the little uh, GI Joe at the end. That, that's it. I, 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 it doesn't feel complete unless you do that. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's close this one up. This one was fun. Enjoy the holiday weekend or the week. Uh, unfortunately, I'll be working. Eric will be camping, and then Gilbert may or may not have. Uh, I'll be twitching. I'll be twitching. All right, guys. <laughs> take care. Later, y'all. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you, I'm out!